0: Okay, ready? Think but what you know and it's about a time And you get yourself in we wheel I want to Some i think about will i hold in there, Things are really now i have you seen you Wanting you, hey. It's her ratio. Okay, though. It's a ratio. Okay, though.
1: That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> I want you to do an audiobook of the Bible because your black retelling of the Bible. And the angel came and said, yo fam. You gotta Don't trip out. You got to rock with this. You got to flow with it. It's going to be chill.
0: <laughs> Do you know how many times I've heard that when people, because I, I narrate the audiobook and that's that's how I, that, that's how I decipher uh, Bible stories for me, because that's how it makes sense to me. Because it's just like, all right, so you just really out here going to be like, well, thou art and pious. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. If DMX, rest his soul, was reading the Bible, like, what would that be like? Um, and that's how I, like, that's how literally I, I'm able to connect to the Bible. And so people are like, yo, where is the Boondocks Bible, like, comedy series? And I'm like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) Yvonne Orgy has been one of my favorite actresses for a long time because of her work as Molly on Insecure. She's got a new book called Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me into the life of my dreams a very interesting discussion about spirituality and jesus i wanted to talk to her about acting and comedy but also about jesus and spirituality and the bible so we get into all of that let's go it's yvonne orgy on tour show You called it bamboozled by Jesus. Who is Jesus?
0: To me or? Yeah, yeah, to you, yeah. Oh, well, he's, I was like, he's Jesus. That's, uh, that's God's son, Mary's baby. Um, (laughs) For me, he's, you know, Lord, Savior. He's my homie. He is uh, the person who started me on this very un- uh, just unfamiliar journey and sometimes unsexy journey, but came through in the clutch all the time to make it good. So that's who he is to me.
1: What are the principles of Jesus that are most important to you?
0: You know, I think the grace part, you know, like I am I'm learning even it for myself and extending it to other people um, because it's, it's been extended to me. Uh, and just i think the part where he says like like he for real cares because it's really easy especially like in our industry to just be like yo who's really for me who's down with me you know when i'm popping when i'm not popping and it's just like he cares like i found you know I, i talk in the book about you know he he says he knows the number of hairs on your head and if he can be so detail oriented with your life like You can bring the little things to him. And, you know, in the book, I talk about when I wanted to paint my walls brown and I was just a struggling artist and paint is expensive. And the same shade of color uh, brown I wanted happened to be on sale for like four dollars a gallon. And I'm like, well, we could do that. You know, just in those moments, I call them kisses from heaven uh and it may seem so like insignificant or so minute so like you know like not important but i i give credit to the fact that uh, to him and the fact of like yo you really do care fam like you thank you for looking out
1: wow um does it matter to you if jesus is black or white or whatever do you have a vision of him
0: Nah, I mean, listen, the Bible says I am what I am. So if you need him to be black, he going to be black. If you need him to be Dominican, he can be like, hola, mami, como tu pero tu sabes. Whatever you need him to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I am that. So I, I, don't, I don't think I get hung up on what color he is. I, I, I get hung up on the fact that he's there.
1: <laughs> right, right. Do you, do, do you, are you certain that he was a real person who walked the earth?
0: I believe so. I mean, I think it's, it's. I think faith just asks you to believe certain things, right? And so for me, um, I think what has been successful in my life, in my faith journey is, and I say in the book, I'm like, Yo, I was just dumb enough to believe you know, what was asked of me, I'm just, I'm really, I'm just like, I'm just dumb enough to believe it. And it's not that I'm like, you know, I'm not like fact checking or, or like, I'm just, you know, being swayed by religion. I'm just like, yeah, I've seen too much. I've seen enough where I'm like, well, I know that won't me. (laughs) That won't my mama. That won't nobody else in my family. That had to be (laughs) like, if it wasn't Jesus, uh, my life is haunted Um, and in a really good way. So I think for me, I just, uh, I I am dumb enough to, like, not look at the, like, the, the, the not look at, but not get hung up on, like, the minutiae of the details. Like, well, was he really here? If so, he would have left a carbon footprint. I, I just, I don't know. I don't even know what. So, like, are we living, like, what's a carbon footprint? You know what I mean? So, it's just, like,
1: I just... I mean, I- I believe, I I am not tremendously spiritual. I mean, I'm, I'm Christian, but almost by default, but I do believe that Jesus was a real person and that he walked the earth and that he was charismatic. And he had a message that for that time was revolutionary. And people were like, Whoa, this guy, like be good to your neighbor. Like, Basically, like yeah. karma, like there is a higher power, there is one God. Like, whoa, he is blowing our mind, and I can see to where, like, hundreds of years later, they're like, "Yo, you need to understand what he's talking about," because he was really some serious stuff. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I, I kind of when it's like, well, okay, so how did he perform these miracles? I'm like, well, I don't know, <laughs> I can't, yeah. I can't explain that, but I can't explain a charismatic person who had a revolutionary mindset that the state was afraid of and thus became a martyr because they put him to death. And I'm like, that story alone would have been like, whoa, that guy was amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's like when people ask questions that can't, like, I, how does your favorite restaurant make the garlic shrimp that's <laughs> stuffed with crab? I don't know. But you know what? I'm eating it. You know, like I don't, I don't need to know the ingredients. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I can't perform miracles in my life. That's what he does. So guess what? The same way I order, because I know the chef going to cook it and it's going to be phenomenal. Each time it's going to hit. I'm, uh, can I have a order of Jesus's miracles, please? Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, listen, some, y'all be asking to do too much with your jobs. It's like, this is about my pay grade. I come in, I I like, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I've seen too much in my life and I just choose to believe that those things are attributed to like his love and care and grace for me.
1: I mean, the thing that, that comes back time and time again for me is the notion that he's not, he doesn't always come when you call, but he's mm. always on time. Mm. And so when you want him, he may not give you what you will but when you need him, when you really need, and you may not realize when you need him. Right. And the notion of like, you know, well, well, where were you when there was one footprint on the beach? Like that's when I was carrying you. And you didn't know that. Um, those sort of things resonate deeply to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agreed. Um, I think that's part of the whole bamboozled by Jesus concept. It's like, yeah, he's going to mess up all your plans, get ready, you know, or you can think like this is the the timetable and that's cute. And sometimes it can be, it can be an alignment with what he wants for you. And then other times it's like your timetable, ain't got nothing on him. Like if he gave you what you wanted, when you wanted it, it would destroy you. So like actually thank him that there was a little divine delay because now you're better equipped to handle the blessing. And you know, we don't look at it like that. Oftentimes it's just like, why, Lord, why? Everybody else getting blessed. Why not me? Please, Jesus. And <laughs> she's like, you don't even know what you're crying for. If you knew, you would be like, thank you, God, for taking your time because sheesh. Woo. Uh, I got it when I needed it, how I needed it, you know, because you know, I, there's scripture that says, you know, God's God's um, uh, that just talks about like his timing and his, uh, his presence and his, his peace. And when he adds uh blessings, they don't come with sorrow. And so, so many times we just want the blessings and it's like, yeah, but if you, if you, if you get the job and it causes you to have high blood pressure because it's so stressful, like, was that the, like, was that the blessing of God? Somebody else gave that job to you. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> it's not supposed to add sorrow to you. Um, and, yeah, listen, you know, too many people is like, yeah, this is what I want. It's like, you get the the husband or the wife, and it's like, did you really hear from God before you said, I do? Does this sound like
1: a Right. No, it's, well, it seemed like a blessing at the time, but mm-hmm. then two or five years later, it was like, hmm. That was not a blessing. I got my doctor husband, but then he cheated on me. I did it. A, I got that job, and then it turned out to bankrupt me. Like, uh, you know. Is uh, there my, is,
0: my friend Natalie Manuel just sent me this text uh, recently, and she said it's too costly to accept a counterfeit. Like it's 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 too expensive to accept a counterfeit. It's going to cost you in the long run. And sometimes there are counterfeit blessings that people like, you know, the Lord is like, he was saying, Jesus. Like, can y'all please stop giving me credit for this trash? I wasn't part of that. I wasn't in it <laughs> like that's, that. Was, it wasn't me. Jesus is playing shaggy right now. It wasn't me.
1: <laughs> Which is your do you have a favorite biblical story that means the most to you?
0: Oh, I rocked with Joseph. You know, I start the book out talking about Joseph because that he, he, for me, exemplifies what it means to be bamboozled. You know, it's like the series of unfortunate events led him to the dream being realized. And it, it would have been so... Uh, easy at one of the the U-turns in his life for him to check up the deuces and be like, I'm out fam. This is some trash. I'm, I'm good on this. <laughs> um, but he kept going. And then at the end he saw the dream realized and it didn't mean that it didn't hurt. And then, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, sir, Joseph, Joseph uh, got told Joseph in a dream that his uh, brothers would bow down to him and like his brothers weren't really rocked with him because they knew that, you know, he was his daddy's favorite. Daddy gave him a Kuji coat and it was fly. And they were like, I hate, this I hate this guy. And then, you know, one day his dad told Joseph to go and bring his brother some food or whatnot. They saw him coming, and they were like, Yo, let's kill this dude. Like once and for all, because he over here talking reckless, talking about something we're going to bow down to him. Let's kill him. And so one of the other brothers was like, mm, that's not that's not a good idea. How about we sell him to slavery? Um, because in his mind, he was like, I'm going to come back and save him. But uh, backfired. So they sell Joseph and uh, (laughs) Joseph ends up working for Potiphar. And while he's working for Potiphar, Potiphar's wife is like, look at that handsome young man. Who that? Mm. So when Potiphar was out, she was like, hey, lie with me. And Joseph was like, no, I'm a man of integrity. I'm not going to do this to you. And so she lies on him. It's like, Joseph tried to rape me. And so, of course, Potiphar puts him in jail. And Joe, I know the whole time Joseph was like, yo, fam, all I did was have a dream that I shared. What the heck? And so...
1: Shouldn't have said anything.
0: <laughs> listen, he's in jail and he's like, yo, I had a job. I mean, it won't pay me nothing because I was a slave, but I still had a job in a mansion. Now I'm in jail. But then because God's hand, it was all over Joseph. God gives him favor with the warden and makes Joseph basically in charge of the whole prison. So then while he's in prison... Uh, the king had two, a cupbearer and a, a baker who were thrown into the same prison that Joseph was at. And because Joseph has the gift of interpreting dreams, uh, they were like, yo, we had these crazy dreams and we don't know what it means. And Joseph was like, well, mm, it ain't gonna work out well for one of y'all. But for the other you, uh, you're gonna be restored to power and you're gonna be great. And so they're like, oh, that's great. Joseph's like, but hey, when you go to the king and when you get restored to power don't forget about me. Like, just like, Hey, remember me fam. So he gets released. What do you do? Forget about Joseph. Joe's still in jail. The King now has these dreams that nobody can interpret. And it like, you know, months, years, months later, years later, we don't know. That's why sometimes when you like, how come they forgot about me? It's like, mm, it's not over though. And so the, I don't know if it was the cupbearer, or the baker or whatnot. One of them was like, Oh, while I was in jail, there was this man who interpreted the dreams. I think he can interpret a king's dream because nobody else could. So basically Joseph told uh, the king of Egypt that uh, he's going to have seven years of famine and seven years of excellence. So during the seven years of excellence, he needs to save up for those seven years of famine. The king is like, cool, cool, cool. I appreciate this. You know what? I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to make you in charge of stockpiling all of our grains so that when it's time for us to have a famine, we won't suffer. So Joseph now is what second in command, vice president of Egypt. Like I like to say in the book, cut to famine hits his land, his brothers. Now this is talking about seven, 10, 15 years later, his brothers come to Egypt because they're like, yo, it's a famine. And Egypt is the only place popping because you know why? They saved and stockpiled their grain because of Joseph. So they come, Joseph sees his brothers and guess what happens? Eventually they bow to him when they realize this is our brother, So the dream materialized, but yes, he was thrown in jail, lied on, sold to slavery before the dream happened. And I love that because it's like, you can look at it and be like, well, where was God in the jail and where was God in the, and where was God? And I'm like, yo, all of those things I say in the book, they were, um, (laughs) they were unpaid internships to get in (laughs) Joseph to be CFO or COO of Egypt. And, you know, it's easy for us at any moment, if those that was our life, to be like, well, I'm in jail. Like, God clearly missed the mark. So I'm going to just tap out and I'm going to just read till my time is done or sleep till my time is up. But Joseph was like, yo, I still have gifts. I'm using but my he g- Wouldn't
1: He wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten to that final bit if not for every step of the journey. And he had to maintain faith even though he felt like everything is going against me.
0: That is the perfect synopsis. That is the perfect synopsis. And it's just like, you can't take one out because if, if his brothers don't decide to sell him to slavery, he never meets Potiphar. If Potiphar's wife ne- never lies on him, he never goes to the jail. If he never goes to the jail, he never interprets the dream. So if he never interprets the dream, the king doesn't know that there's a guy in jail who could interpret his dream and then boom, famine hits. There's nothing in place for them to stockpile all that stuff. His brothers never get to to bow down.
1: Amazing. Amazing. When uh, you make me think about the other Joseph, Jesus's father, what Mm -hmm. do we make of him that like, he's kind of, I mean, in LA, he's like, probably like a lot of black dads we know who's raising somebody else's baby. My son asked me the other day about, like, what's that? What, what do you think about Joseph? And, like, he's not really Jesus' father, but he's there for him. But he's like, Mary, wait, what? What happened? Wait, you, what?
0: How old is your what? son asking these very intellectual, uh, mind-blowing questions?
1: He's 13. He will definitely come up with some some zingers that you're like, Huh? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that, but I mean, like, I've had that question myself about. I'm curious about Joseph, who's like Mary. Wait, what happened now? <laughs> you did what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes people, and you know, the way I write the book, I interpreted Bible. I interpret Bible stories as if like these people were humans, because they are humans in the you know 21st century, and it's so easy to be like, oh. Mary was so pious. The angel came and she was like, cool. It was like, no. She was like, hold on, man. I done ma- finally found my match on e-harmony. This dude is fine. We about to just go smash. And now I, I got I'm pregnant before I even have sex. This is some trash. I can't even have my whole face. Like, it's just like put things in perspective. Mary was, she was trying to get her back broke. And it's like, well, I guess I must obey the Lord. Um, and then there's Joseph who's like, hold on you heard from who all right listen. I'm uh, okay well this was cool while it lasted I'm out because you've clearly not the person that <laughs> I thought you was so I'm gonna be on my way and an angel of the Lord literally had to come to Joseph and be like yo fam hey I know what it looked like but the same way you can hear me Mary heard me the other day so she really is pregnant Jesus did it God did it it's his fault I need you to take her carry the baby as his own, as part of my master plan. All right, so don't trip. And it's like, when, yeah, when when God sends a messenger from heaven to tell you don't trip, it's like, oh, well, okay, well, she wasn't lying. Well, okay, well, don't trip. And, you know, but it is, it is that thing. It's not like they didn't have their own kids, but it is that thing of like, well, clearly God has chosen us for a special purpose. So whatever it is, I'm down because not only did he choose Mary to bring him to life, He chose me to be responsible for this. And, like, he sees something in me that tells him, like, I'm the guy for the job.
1: We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick... I want you to do an audiobook of the Bible because your black retelling of the button. and the angel came and said, Yo, fam, you gotta, don't trip out. You gotta rock with this. You gotta flow with it. It's gonna be chill. Like,
0: <laughs> Do you know how many times I've heard that when people, because I I narrate the audiobook, and that's that's how I that, that's how I decipher uh, Bible stories for me, because that's how they make sense to me. Because it's just like, all right, so you just really out here going to be like, "Well, oh, thou art and pious." I'm like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah." If DMX Rest His Soul was reading the Bible, like, what would that be like? Um, and that's how I like. That's how literally I I'm able to connect to the Bible. And so people are like, "Yo, fam, where is the Boondocks?" bible like comedy series and i'm like wait what
1: (laughs) but you call this bamboozled by jesus which suggests tricked by jesus and you say god tricked me into the life of my dreams but how did god trick you
0: yeah i mean yes there's some you know i love love the saints god bless all y'all but there's some people who are like, Jesus is a loving guy. He wouldn't bamboozle. I don't, uh-uh, I don't know what she's talking about. God, he does not dupe. He does not. And I'm like, Did, didn't you just hear me go through Joseph's life? If that will not bamboozled, then I'll explain it to me. And it's just like, yes, he, for me in my life, I thought I was going to be a doctor. Um, I don't like blood and I failed organic chemistry. So my plans got a little <laughs> derailed, um, but I didn't know what I was going to be or what I was going to do. So like to stall, cause I have immigrant parents. Uh, I went back to school to get my master's. Cause the only thing Nigerians love more than education is more education. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got my master's trying to figure it out. And then I eventually like went to like war torn Liberia because uh, it was easier to like keep the lane and lying and go to a literal <laughs> conflict. zone. <laughs> Then uh, tell my parents like I'm dismantling their dreams. And uh, in the process of getting my master's, God says, do comedy. And I'm like, have you met me? And, you know, I was bullied as a kid. I had an intense fear of rejection. If you're not funny as a comic, uh, they boo. That is also called rejection. And so I was like, yeah, hey, God, this is cute. Uh, You got me twisted, though. You know, it's like I had my own Mary moment where he was like, hey, I would like for you to do this thing. And I was like, "Mm I don't want to (laughs) like, I don't want it. And he I heard Holy Spirit say, well, what else do you have? And I was like, well, I ain't got nothing. And he said, well, I'm not going back and forth with you. Either you're going to learn to trust me or you're not. And that was it. Like he's the conversation ended and I was like, hey, can we talk about this? And he was like, I'm done. Like, that was it.
1: Can you can you be a little more specific regarding this important conversation in your life were were you really i mean like were you really hearing voices like were you like what, what do you what do you mean when, when you say god was speaking to you
0: yeah like the voice holy spirit because I, I know it was the voice of the holy spirit because it didn't sound like anything that like i would have come up with and sound like anything i would have said to myself and so oftentimes when i get into like no, praise and worship or just quiet time. Um, God speaks to me, especially like when I'm in the tub and it's like, I, use, I either have soft music playing or no music playing and I'm just in water. Um, I always have a pen and paper next to me because I know that there's going to be a download from heaven. And so in this particular moment, it was 2006 and I was praying because I just entered this pageant and they said I needed a talent and I was like, oh, well, I ain't got one. And um, I was like, hey God, I, I, I need, I, I need something. And I, you know, sat still and waited for like whatever he would say to me. And that's when I heard do comedy. And I was like, "Hmm? Mm -mm. okay, go back, tap back in. What else you got for me? What else else you got for me? That was it.
1: God not only, or the Holy Spirit not only put the notion in your mind, but when you pushed back, he was like, I'm not here to argue with you. Like, how does that function in your mind?
0: Well, I think God speaks to th- his children differently. It's kind of like you're a parent, so you know how you can talk to your son differently than how you can talk to, you know, your, you know, your, you're, you know, your, you are of another or another, whatever. And so um, I think he knew that I was not the kind of person to play around. You know, I was still like, I think I was like, I was a perfectionist in life. So I was like, I'm going to be a perfectionist in faith. And so for me, I was like, if I'm going to do this thing, like, I don't want to just play church. I don't want to just be like, I believe. And then it's like, I don't believe nothing. Like, no. Okay, God, tell me what to do. And then you tell me what to do. and It's like, I don't want to do that. And then it's like, I, I knew, I knew that that was like my personality. And I think God knew that. And that's why right when he said, I'm not, I'm not fooling with you. Because he knew I would be that person. I was like, ah, oh, well, I don't want to disappoint him. He don't know. Really he tell me what to do. And I don't have anything better. So it's like, it's pointless to fight with him. And he knows I'm not going to, and he's not going to. Ah, I guess I got to do this nonsense. Like that was literally it. Like he just, he was just like, I know she's not going to be that chick that's going to be wishy-washy in her faith because she's she, that's not how, that's not her makeup. And so when he left, it was like, now I'm going to leave you to, to be in your feelings. But I, at the end of the day, I know you're going to do what I told you to do.
1: you are clearly extremely um spiritual do you uh, some spiritual people um believe in god and have a deep relationship with jesus and god but they have a critique of religion and they're like well man or people screw it up with religion but god makes no mistakes and the message of god is leading me do you have that sort of a dichotomy in your mind like a critique of Christianity even though like no no critique of God and Jesus?
0: Yeah I mean I think that um for me when I what I express in the book is really having a relationship and not just religion because I was raised Catholic and that like that was very religious in terms of like first reading second reading you know gospel five Hail Marys to our fathers and it was like okay but like I didn't know how to stand in faith I didn't know how to like Access him for myself. I didn't know like I could converse with him like a friend. Um, And so once I found out like that was easily accessible uh, for me, it changed the game up for me. And, you know, I've seen I've seen people in all denominations trick off religion just to manipulate people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not here for that because the reality is they did that when Jesus walked the earth. It was like the Pharisees and the Sadducees was like, "Hey, hey, fam, you are messing up what we got going on. We we take from the tax collectors. We do this. Like you over here preaching grace and he that without you know sin cast the first stone. This is some trash. You're messing it up for us." And Jesus is like, "No, I I am the thing that you guys are supposed to be glorifying. So I'm not messing it up. I'm actually." I'm the purest version of the thing. And they were like, yeah, no, we're not trying to hear that. Like this, we got to get rid of this fool. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like that dude in the circle who's like, you know, I just want to marry a, a woman and treat her well and, you know, do right by her and just be monogamous. And it's like all the dudes in the locker room, like, yeah, no, he can't be on the team. no, nah, because when we go... When we go, when we go to the games, he's gonna he's gonna mess it up for us. He's gonna make us feel bad about all the stuff we gonna do. No, <laughs> get him off
1: the squad. <laughs> My God, you uh you have been on one of the most iconic and beloved shows of modern day. Black people especially get so hype for Insecure and all the things that happen and all the characters and uh, what is that. Been like for you to be on a show that that black people just love and live for.
0: It is wild. Um, it's actually it's absolutely wild. Um, it's it's it is one of those dream moments, right? Because you know you pray like you just be a working actress. You're like, I just hope I can just get a job. I can like eat, pay my bills. Like you, you know, success on a large scale would be nice. But when you're, you know, starting out, you're just like, I just want to be, I just want to be okay. You know, I just want to be working. We can work our way up to, you know, whatever this big thing is. And to come out the gate, just swinging into the, into the stands. It's like, oh, snap. But it's like, to the same way of Joseph. This is why I rock with him so much. I, I, I ain't go to jail, but I had my, I had my dark moments. I had my isolation moments. I had the You know, let's curate her character while the spotlight is not on her so that when the spotlight is on her, she won't act the cold-blooded fool. And so in those moments, it doesn't feel sexy. It doesn't feel great. You don't know when you're going to make it, if you're going to make it. And then when you're prepared, God is like, okay, now I can trust you. So we are going to go to the big leagues because I I know not only you have the talent to sustain it, you have the character to maintain it.
1: What are, well, can we talk about what are some of the darker things, some of the, the, the prison type moments that you experienced that, let that, that prepared you for mm-hmm. all this?
0: Yeah, man. Just um, really the integrity fights, like being a person of your word. When I was uh, doing comedy, you know, there were other comics. who was like, well, well-known, better known. They were just like, yo, I mean, you're really not going to make it if you don't curse. Like your sets would be really funnier. Like if you just dropped the f-bomb right here They're like this joke would hit. And I was like, mm, pretty sure God didn't bring me this far to fail on the technicality. So I'ma just keep doing me and you know, you still, it's not like I'ma just keep being me. And then the next day it's like you pop. It's like, oh man, can I please get on the show? Hey, can I do five minutes here? You're still, you're still grinding. But then what happens? One day, Chris Rock asks you to go on tour with him, the same comic that doesn't curse. And then that same comic that was giving me advice was like, hey, man, I'm just so happy for you because, you know, a win for one is a win for all. And I'm like, mm-mm, it's not, though. This, this is my win. Thank you, though. Appreciate
1: it. <laughs> I appreciate cool. that example because you definitely notice some comics a lot, a lot of comics. You know that joke really wouldn't have killed if you hadn't said "mf" right there, or hadn't said "f" or whatever. You know, like it. And that joke was funny, but when you said that word there, that made me laugh. But I'm like, if you took that word out, would and if you can't take those words out and still be funny, is it
0: really funny? You know, I mean, listen, I don't have. I don't have anything against comics who curse. I just be clever, you know, just be, just just be funny. And there's sometimes when you can, he- you can see and hear that those are just fillers. Like they're not, there's not a joke. There's not a punchline. There's not a, it's just a filler. And it's just like, and people laugh. It's a cheap laugh. It's not a, it's not a sustainable laugh. It's a cheap laugh. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really want to go cheap laugh territory. I just, I want to go, you know, in a way where it's like, oh man, that was clever and funny. Yeah.
1: But you, you, I, I don't want to push you too hard on this, but you likened yourself to Joseph and struggling with which direction you're going to go with your comedy is not quite the low that I thought you were. Well, no, I mean, that was, just,
0: that was just one example. You know, I mean like I was just poor like me and my roommate splitting salads without meat, <laughs> so it's just it's just vegetables, <laughs> it's just leaves. We eat a tree. That's all we're doing. Just trying to make it to the next day where we we're like, we hope we, there's someone will invite us to an event where it's like free food. It's like, oh my god, please. Um, yeah, no, there were times. I mean, I was depressed um, or like on the verge of depression. Uh, I talk in the book about like my Sunset Boulevard moment where. I was five seconds from cussing God out. Like, yo, fam, <laughs> these these dreams are nightmares. Give me Meek Mill. Like, this is me. Dreams are nightmares. <laughs> this is, this is, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. Please, please, somebody come get this. And it was rough. It was like, hey, God, how do I hold on to hope against all hope? How do I hold on to hope in the face of nothing that feels hopeful? And that's a really dark place to be in. And I had to de- dig deep in the well of like, well, one of us, one of us is a liar. Like, if this don't work, you know what I mean, I'm like, one of us is lying. And there were times where I was like, I think it's you. I think it's you, Jesus. And literally, it wasn't. It wasn't. I just wasn't doing, I just wasn't doing everything he told me to do. That's what that was.
1: I think we can all see the example of what you're talking about, how... A lack of success is challenging to your relationship with Jesus and your your sense of faith. Success, however, presents a different challenge. So what is the challenge of success?
0: Where do you want to start? I literally want to go back in time and thank Biggie for more money, more problems. Like, I just was like, yo, he... He knew what he was talking about. We couldn't receive it because we didn't have no money. We were like, what's he? I was like, he's so happy. He should be happy. He's on Yacht's with Diddy shooting videos. What's he talking about? And then you get money and you're like, oh, that was profound. That was was Shakespearean almost. Um, (laughs) And it just, it's a lot. When you get success, then you get into the trap of like, well, I got to continue being successful because if I'm not successful for one minute, then like, don't, everyone will forget about me. So then that's a trap because then you're not enjoying life. You're just like on this Ferris wheel. For me, when I got successful, it was like I had just come out of the wilderness into the promised land. But I, I almost was like, I didn't trust it because I was like, okay, well, okay, well, if God brought it, he can take it at any time. You know, maybe I'm going to have like one of those moments where he's like, going to call, like ask me to give back the thing to see if I really, you know, if he has my heart, of so, like, I got the sacrifice, the success. And it was just like, it's not that deep. Like, just, just enjoy it. Like, you know, so, like you, you're not a martyr, like stop, stop. you know, it's just, just, or he could just be wanted to give you success because you worked hard, <laughs> you know? It was, um, and you know, there were those, there was those things. There's the people who can you trust now? Cause now like people change, Um, and you change too, in a way, not like your core changes, but like your life changes. And, and it's hard for people to accept that. So some people who knew you before the success, they're like, "Mm." or they're like, or people who didn't know you, but trying to know you. And you're just like, are you trying to know me for me or for my success? And it's hard to decipher because there are some really good actors out there. Um, and then it's, it's just the continual maintenance of the person that you want to be. You know, I, I have a chapter in the book uh, where I say the, uh, you
1: know, I quote Christine Kane and when she says, uh, What does eating healthy mean to you? From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh,
0: If the light shining on the um, inside of you is, if the light shining on you is brighter than the light shining in you, then the light shining on you will destroy you. Mm, mm, And it's really all about like, So many people want fame and they want the spotlight, but the spotlight, it costs something. And if you don't know who you are and who you want to be and whose you are, man, that light is blinding.
1: Molly is such an extraordinary, loved, charismatic character, a ride or die friend. I think from the first Times that we saw her was like, Oh, I want a friend like that. Like, she's the shit. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how you built Mary, Molly, and the things that you did um to create her? And sort of, because I know there's probably thoughts about her that are off the page that help you understand her. So tell tell us a little bit about how you made Molly and who she is that we don't see.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, one, I got to give credit to the writers because the writers are so good and a lot of it is on the page. A lot of it is on the page. Um, what I bring to her is the humanity, right? It's the, it's the nuance of like this person that seemingly has it all together in one aspect of her life, but like not at all, all the way in another. And it's like two things can be true. And walking that line of like, you know, so many, so often we're like ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's like, no, this is a flawed human being that has phenomenal intentions. They come out not great all the time. And just, I think giving her that, um, that those moments of humanity is, I think it's what people see themselves as, which is why she is such a, a, a polarizing character, if you will. You know, people are like, ah, I can't, she's making these decisions and that are just, ah, why wouldn't she? And it's, they're mad because they're like, they've made those decisions. They've, they've had that journey in their life and now they're probably in a better place. And it's like, I want to tell her like, girl, stop. It's not going to end well for you if you keep doing this. And it's like, that's, that's because they, they had to tell that to themselves or somebody told them that and they listened, and then now they're in a better place. But we all have to take our journey. And I think Molly is taking her journey and I'm, I'm journeying with her. I'm learning from her. She's teaching me. Sometimes we're in sync. Um, And it's just really been a pleasure to just kind of embody her for the last five, six years.
1: What was the, of the last season, what was the hardest scene to shoot?
0: The very last scene of Molly Carter's career. Yeah, it was uh, played opposite Issa, it's a very emotional moment and in the scene it called for them to lean in um lean into uh, high emotions if it's tears if it's you know just a vulnerability and emotions and uh Prentice Penny the new director that episode um you know I, I, the line was like Molly thanking Issa for a lot of things, right? In their friendship. And Prentice whispers to me, but doesn't tell Issa. He's like, I want Yvonne to thank Issa for whatever she wants her to, you know, thank her for. So like, forget the lines. And so I, you know, I go deep in my heart and I'm like, hey, thank you for changing my life. Thank you for, and so Issa's like, what the hell? Cause like now the coverage is on her. So she has no idea. And I'm just like, thank you for remembering me when I felt felt so forgotten. Thank you for and So she's bawling now. <laughs> um, and we're both crying because it's like, I'm giving her her flowers in real time, but we're also like filming.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Were there things that came up last season or prior that you were like, I don't know if Molly would do that, you guys. I think you've, You've missed the mark a little bit here where you kind of had to stand up and say, hey, can we can we change this? Cause I think Molly would would go with left and you have her going right here
0: for the first time in five seasons. I I did that this last season and they were like, Mm-mm, this thing. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. But I was able to at least get them to see because, you know, they were like, is this Yvonne or is this Molly? Who, who, which one of y'all is it? And I was like, it's both of us. <laughs>
1: it's both of us. Can you say what it is that we're talking about? Oh, here? I can't, I
0: can't, you know, the, the, as it unfolds, I'm curious to know how people will react, um, to it, uh, without me tipping it. Um, but I, you know, they were able to listen, When I was like, hey, I just feel like if this was real life, like this is what would make her want to do this or make her feel like this. Um, And I feel like right now it's that that aspect of it isn't there. And they thought about it and they were like, okay, that's fair. And they added um, some elements to kind of um, service that point. But. I you know I don't know if I still was satisfied. Not just joking. <laughs> it worked out. You know I I trust them, and you know it is a thing of like you have to also have to trust your creators. It's like they they've sat with these characters in writers' rooms and on sets. Like they've sat with them for a long time, and so I'm just like you know what I, I will trust your decision, um, and I'll see how it plays out.
1: Hmm. Mm. Um. What is is the, are you a method actress? Do you stay Um, in it?
0: The really emotional scenes, I think they stay with me. Like all the times that Ethan and I have had like fights, like fighting scenes. I've had like, I remember the season one where we had that big fight after like her fundraiser. I had to go watch like two episodes of Veep just to get like, just to bring laughter and joy back in my heart. Cause I was like, why do I still feel so like I'm about to knock somebody out right now. <laughs> and it was just like, it was still in my spirit. And I was like, Oh no, I got to release this. Um, but I, I'm more of the actor. That's like, I just wanted to feel like I'm not acting. I, I'm very much like that. Um, like, even when I did my audio book, I'm like, mm, I don't want it to sound like a reading. I wanted to sound like a podcast. And so I read it like how I would speak and not like I'm, using every word to make sure you understand. Like, now, nah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm talking just like this. And I'm like, y'all keep up. And which is different because a lot of author, you know, you know the you know, directors will tell the authors like, uh, slow it down. And I was like, mm, people will figure it out. They can rewind. If I, if, you know, I want it to sound like a podcast. Um, and so when I act, I want it to sound as if this would naturally come out of my mouth. Um, so you don't feel like, oh, acting, words.
1: <laughs> I, I, I ask everyone who comes on the show, what does being black mean to you and where does it show up in the work? And as somebody who has been part of one of the most iconic and beloved black shows of the modern era, um, and I think one that uplifted us in terms of putting complex and authentic black characters on our screens. Um, What does being black mean to you and how does it show up in your work as Molly?
0: Man, it is a privilege. (laughs) It is a privilege and an honor to be black. So many times I know in my life, me, my group of friends will do something or we'll see something and it'll just be like, yo, white people have no frame of reference for this. Like this level of what, if it's like this joy or like black people's ability to, uh, you know, create culture in such a unique way, or even just like, I it's the, there's so there's a instagram uh account called embracing black culture and one day they just posted you know it was like black joy it's like uh 10 10 slides of people laughing of like how like how black people just bust out laughing and it's so it's like there's you got the black people who run like ah and they, like, they run in a different direction. You got the black people who will hit you. Then you got the laughter that like trails. It's like one person starts laughing. It's like, yo fam, yo fam, did you see me look at her toes though? And it's like, they start joining. It's like, and the laugh, and it's just like, yo, yo, this is a, this is, there's culture in just laugh, black laughter. <laughs> there's there's culture just even in that, in the things that we laugh at, in the, in the things that we find humorous. The, like, it's just, it's just, Mwah, chef's kiss. You know, it's like when you when you think about Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If black people left all of those,
1: uh, oh yeah.
0: If they left all of those for one day, the stock will go down.
1: Well, we already saw the Black TikTok creator boycott had mm-hmm. a huge effect on TikTok. I mean, it just felt like the place was a little dead for a little while i knew for me i feel very much part of the continuum and that i can very much feel the shoulders that i stand upon of the people before Mm -hmm. and i think about for you like you know you're very much standing on the shoulders of you know (sighs) diane Carroll, whoopi goldberg lena horn we could go on and on and on um do you do you do you feel that as an actor in this industry these 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 people who busted down doors so you could be where you are
0: Absolutely and you know my blackness is also very um I say varied I don't know if that's the right word but I have I have the distinct um kind of dichotomy of being black in so many different ways right like I'm Nigerian an American, you know, it's like so. I have this cultural influence that like I wear on my shoulder, and then I ha- also have lived in America since I was six, and so like I'm in, I've embraced African American culture as well, and so it's like my blackness is 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 kind of layered, multi layered, if you will. Um, and that just to answer the previous question is like that for me. I'm, I'm like yo, I I almost have like the best of both worlds. Uh, in in such a real way. And you can see American culture's impact even when I go back to Nigeria. It's just like the folks there are watching blackness here and are just like, yo, that's dope. I also, if, you know, if I go to a concert, I want to, I want to have chains on. If I, you know, I want to have the latest uh, Jordans. I also, I want to be, whatever whatever the like the coolest black thing is happening here they're looking at that like yo that's cool that's dope like that's amazing the same way black people here look at you know if it's the burna boys the wiz kids if it's just the the chimamandas the 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 authors the artists the uh, lalus of the world just like yo like i think that's i think we're finding more and more that like blackness has so many versions across the world but it is the thing that kind of connects us because it's like around the world, no matter where we are, it's still so dope. Um, yeah. But but to your uh, latter question. Yeah. Like I, the fact that in four seasons I could be nominated for an Emmy. That's something that so many actresses before me that were part of iconic shows were not afforded the opportunity and it was different times. There was no inter- there was no internet to keep people honest and loyal because you didn't think we needed that. I thought, you know, you would think just like talent and merit would be enough. But when you have Oscar So White, you know, when you have just the masses calling out establishments for their lack of diversity and lack of awareness to their lack of diversity, it changes the landscape. And it forces people to watch shows that they probably wouldn't in order for them to, like, vote accordingly. Um, and so I am grateful for all of those people who worked hard and gave us creativity in such a phenomenal way and and didn't always get their flowers for it.
1: Mm, mm, hell yeah. Um, you're a great actress. What's the difference between being a good actress and a great actress?
0: Oh, man, I t- sh- thank you. That's one. That's a <laughs> amazing compliment. I will take it. Um, I think I'm still learning. You know, like like I I feel like I'm still learning what it means to be a great actress. Like I I watch people perform, um, and sometimes I'm just like oh, I still have a long way to go. Okay, I mean I'm good, but like phew. like I-, I I went and watched Hassan Minaj's. Uh, comedy. His I saw him perform for his second special um, while he was on tour, and at the end of the show, I just sat there because it's, it's one thing when you like when you experience somebody that's so in their stride, as so in their pocket, and it's just so beautifully ex- executed. You're just there, and you're so you're inspired, but at the same time, you're just like, man, I got work to do.
1: I see you, and I see on screen, and I see somebody. Who I completely believe, and I see your authenticity, and I think the the presence, in terms of like being in the moment, and I see like the imagination to make it real. You know, mm-hmm. like there's definitely black characters and white characters, but we're talking about black people on television who I'm like, mm, you're kind of doing a caricature of blackness perhaps because you thought that's what we wanted or you thought that would tra- that would travel from Oakland to Atlanta if you do a caricature but like i mean you and i think this is true of of everybody on insecure they're they're very honest and insecure and 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 authentic and nuanced um and i'm i'm like you make blackness look good because you are being real yeah. and not a caricature
0: well, I think it goes back to, you know, what I said said about like how I approach acting, right? For me, I didn't have a lot of training. Comedy was actually my training. So I would, anytime I, anytime I went up on stage, that's an acting class because you got to right. tell the jokes right. and make them hit. You got to do it like it's the first time so you can't tip it and you have to like bring the audience with you if you're telling a story and then land the plane. So it's, it's, it's that, you know, that, that's what makes me I think that's what's helped me tap into like the realness of the moment because in comedy you have to be present you can't phone it in everyone's looking at you you're on stage with one mic that's it you're the only one and so when it came to acting I remember when I first started out like actors would put on like an actor's voice like okay this is the first to know that I am acting and you know they would you, the line would be um I will not do it I will not do it it's like, well, who talks like that? <laughs> like, why? where are we at? What century is this? And, you know, I fell victim to that too, of just like putting on an actor's voice. I, a friend of mine who uh, was in casting at the time was like, just do it normal. And I was like, that wasn't normal? They're was like, no, just like speak normally. And it was like, oh, but then is that acting if you're speaking normally? She's like, yeah, acting. You're not supposed to know you're acting when you're acting. And that's, I think that's what you're seeing, and that's what you're speaking to. It's like when you're present, when you're when you're when I do Molly's scenes, especially like like, you know, we just take season four and all his scenes with Andrew, I'm looking at him like he's my boyfriend. He's my boyfriend in real life. And how will I take this conversation? And respond as if Molly is Yvonne. And Yes, you have lines that are preconceived and set up, but, like, receive what he's saying first, process it in your heart and in your head, and then respond.
1: Um, Being a comic is, to me, like being a magician. Because, you know, like you said, just up there, there's not really some great light show. There's no dancers. It's just you and the mic. And you don't really even need the mic. And somehow you get me laughing and dying and i can't even control myself for 5 or 30 or 60 minutes or whatever it is and i'm like how did that time go so fast like that was amazing and like it's it's like magic talk to me a little bit about about you started there in the last answer but like being a great stand up and how you control the audience and the moment and and i mean i see People like like Chris Rock have a very, there's very much a science to it. He walks so he keeps you, and then when he does the punchline, he stands, right? And he, and he so they stop. Listen to this. Okay, now I'm moving. Now I'm moving. But but there's a rhythm. There's a timing yeah. to it all. Like talk about demystify that a little bit for me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Chris is great, um, and just being able to watch him. And the genius that he is, I think that definitely helped elevate my, my brand of uh, comedy as well. But yeah, it, it is, it's like a, you're a storyteller, you know, and, and, you know, being Nigerian, it's like, we know, it's like you sit down and they tell the story and, you know, they're using their hands and they're using their, their eyes and their, their inflections. And you you know, you, you reel people in, you're just like, what else? And then what, and then what did he do? He like, "Hey, wait, I'm coming now. Wait, let me just, let me tell this story. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. And But it's just so engaging and you're just like, I wanna know how this ends. And, you know, for me, I I do tell more stories than like zingers. Like I'm not like, and then, you know, a joke, a joke per second, I'm more like, follow me, just, hey, walk with me on this. And I think one thing that I I believe that I do well is like once I know something works, it's just like, and you try and you test it. It's like, hey, even if you, f- it feels like you're losing them, you know, you're going to get them with the punchline. So don't be afraid of their silence. Don't be afraid of their, their confusion. You got them. You're going to get them. Stick with it. And then it's just like, and then that's the payoff is the greatest when there's a, there's a flip it, from confusion to a cacophony of laughter. This is great. It's great. And it's like, whatever well, that thing for me is, I, I used to not like silence on stage. I was just like, Mm-mm, I like scary. to come in like, I like to come in like the Tasmanian devil. Like I, I'm just like, I don't know if they're going to think I'm funny, but at the end of the, the night thing, I'm like, well, that was a show. Yeah, no, I, I just was like, let's give them a show. Let's not let them have time to process. Just like, just Speed through this joint and, like, give it all you got. Um And not, like, hurry you off the stage, but just, like, I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm, I'm 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 vibing, I'm riffing, I'm doing all of this. Like, ah! That's my time, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, she was, she was good. You know, and that, like, for me, that was because I was still afraid of comedy. You know, I was afraid of silence, because in my mind, silence meant you're not doing a good job. Um, and I've since learned that no, silence is actually your your a good tool to to lure them just right where you want them. And when you get them right where you want them, you hit them with the the okie doke. And it's just like it's the it's phenomenal.
1: I mean, silence is scary, but it's also if it's a real heavy silence, it means they trust you because they're listening and they're following you, right? If they were if they if you lost them, they would start chatting to each other, yeah. right? And you hear that yeah. murmur, and now now you're competing against noise and like now, now that's that's the worst, right? I've yeah. seen comics die and I started talking to my friend and I tune them out, and now you now you're really lo- now you're now you're drowning. But if they're you, silent just, it's it's just different. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. At that point, you should just be like, hey, guys.
1: Uh, well, yeah. this is, this is my time. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if but if they're silent, they're like on the edge of their seat. They're like, OK, like you said, like with the kids, like, OK, what what you got? What you got? I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: Yeah, It, it it's a good tool. Like, you know, I don't I don't. I guess I don't lean into the silence all the time because I am my, my, my energy is so big. Like when I'm on stage, it's, it's, I want to have a party. Like I'm definitely the, like, I'm DMX on stage. Let's just, let's have a party. We're dancing. We're vibing. We're Harlem shaking. I'm giving you like, it's, I'm drained when I get off because I'm like, I've just, I performed, I performed in a real, um, like it's just an exercise of perform, performing for you guys, and but I, but I'm big energy and I expand that I expound it and I I like that I love you know getting into the audience. Okay, so what y'all doing here? Okay, so which one of y'all really love each other? Yo, he just he hadn't told you, girl. He ain't told you it's all right. Keep thinking that's your friend. <laughs> You're going to be pregnant soon. You know, it's just like, wait, what? And this is like, and then, <laughs> and then I get the crowd in on it. And it's like, how many of y'all got this, the same situation? Okay. What's your excuse? And so it's just like, now it's like, okay, we're in it. We're in it. And you, you, I've, I've, everybody has something on everybody else. So now we're all good. Now we can just receive you know what I mean? It's just like, I I I clowned you on this thing, I clowned you on that thing, I'ma clown myself on this thing. It's a safe space now. Like we don't have to, we can we don't have to be perfect. We can just be we can just enjoy the fun because we're all in on it.
1: You're funny because you remind me of uh, DMX. I did a story on him for Rolling Stone, and we're in LA and he's driving this truck, and it's me and I'm in the backseat, and there's two bodyguards. And we're driving down the road and it's silent and he looks in the mirror and he looks at me and he's like, yo, you can't fart in my car. And I hadn't. But now, but what can I, I can't say I didn't. That's a punk thing to say. So I'm like, uh, you know, he's like, you know, if you're going to fart, at least admit it. But I roll down the window or something, he's going at me and the bodyguards are dying laughing. And he's doing this whole bit. And I don't know if he really thought that I had farted or if he was just going at me because he could. He's doing this whole thing attacking me for farting what I had and, and there. Try to act like they're not laughing, but they're dying laughing, which was funny. Watch these big giant guys like and I'm like all traumatized. Like, did he really think that I did? Because that would be embarrassing. And I don't really want to say I did it because that's a little baby thing to say. I'm just I'm just sucking it up. I'm just saying nothing. But he's like, I'm telling you, dog, don't be farting about shit. Like, oh, my God, it was it was. It was pretty. I mean, like if I did a whole story, it was it was it was pretty funny, and it was very <laughs> difficult to to deal. Like when his energy is coming at you, it's very <laughs> difficult to like get out of the way and like to deal with it. He was amazing. He was amazing. Yeah,
0: that I want you to. That's one of the greatest compliments you could have ever given me. I remind you of DMX. I'm like, my job here is done. Uh, all is well in the world. God bless everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is your Superpower. What is the thing you do better than other people that has led to your success?
0: Hmm. I think uh, those are two different things. But uh, I think my superpower is I think my joy, my smile, my ability to freely um, give that joy, um, receive it. And like empower people to own their own. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if it's with a smile, if it's like, girl, you look beautiful. And most times when you say that, they're like, girl, this, I just, I, I just walked out that. I said, you look beautiful. That's it. You're beautiful. Like, okay, that's from Ross. Well, shoot. What Ross you go to? I need to shop there too. Cause that's amazing. Yeah. Girl, you fly. And just like, own just, hey, just own it. I want you to own it. Yes. And if it's a, Yvonne, I know what you told me, I was fly. Yes, I mean it. Take whatever that, you should tell yourself more often that you're a fly. Um, so I know that's, that's something that I do very well. Uh, but the thing that has probably led to my success is I play my position. I play my position. I think a lot of people get in and immediately want to be in starting lineup. Maybe you might be on the bench. You might be on the bench. They, got, they have the six-man award for a reason. You know what I mean? Like it's okay because you're still a pivotal player. You may not be LeBron, but you they still give they still give the six man award. And you're not going to be there forever. Right now, you're the six man. Tomorrow, you could be the MVP. But play your position. And you know, one thing that I I was very conscious of doing, even when I stepped into the role of Molly, is like, yo, this is not my show. This is somebody else's vision. My job is to execute to the best of my ability to make it easier for, for them and everybody else to execute. Like what what takes people out of doing the work is like putting out stupid fires. Like, you know, that, that they don't like, okay, well, this person is complaining because they're not this person and this person really wants to, it's just like, if everybody plays their position, we can, we can get to the task at hand, which is creating a really dope show. Um, and 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 finding honor in that, I think we we've lost sight of serving as an honorable thing. Everybody wants to be leading. Everybody wants to be a boss. I'm like, okay, get you some employees. See how that work out. You know, it's everybody everybody wants to be the boss. It's Like the boss calls. It costs to be the boss. I'm it's it's sexy, but there's there's also glory in just showing up and doing a good job and going home. And not having the overhead of responsibility. That's also honorable.
1: Did you, did you, so did you talk to God about this book? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to be a little mad?
0: No, I think he's really proud because, um, the book was written before I started writing it. Um, and I Mm. say that because like I, I was, when I was preparing to shoot Insecure and I had like downtime, God was like, all right, I want you to dedicate like a year to like doing like inspirational videos. And I was just like, and they were like, they were like ins humor videos. Cause I would take like movies, movie clips, song clips, uh, and just put them all together. And basically it was just like my retelling of Bible stories, but like the hip hop version. And I would use uh, like nineties R&B and hip hop (laughs) and cut in like clips of films as well. Like I'm on iMovie trying to create them. It, It took me like a week to make one. And, um, and I would release one a month and that was me learning these stories and and learning what my relationship with these stories and these characters were. And so by the time I sat down to write the book, I knew exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. Like I had developed that voice already. Uh, it was just now a challenge of like, will anyone care? Like, do I have something to say that's meaningful? I had to overcome that. Before I could be proud of the book um, and that was that was the new journey that God was taking me. It wasn't the content, it was do I believe that the content is powerful enough to be read, adhered to, uh, respected um, all of those things and thus and and simultaneously, do I believe that I and worthy enough to have something to say like you know like it was, it, was, it was a cluster cluster f of stuff that was just really in my way and it, and then it had less to do with um the material so once i got once i got crystal clear on like yes you are the person you hey mary you are the one that i asked to, to do this thing so do it and by virtue of just your obedience to doing it you may be proud
1: Thanks so much to Yvonne for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. Tore Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Toray and on Instagram at Tore Show tour written by me tour and produced by jakey Garfano. our editors ryan woodhall our photographers are chuck marcus and shanta covington and nick carp our booker is claudia jean and we're distributed by dcp entertainment and we will be back on wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down <laughs>